This is a word for somebody that's really struggling to see through the chaos of the moment of their lives. And there's a pattern that continues to happen in most of us until it's illuminated in and through our own faculties as to what may be happening in our lives, right? So we have patterns, whether they're good or bad, that keep showing up. Some of, for some of us, it's, you know, transitionally. You know, we, it, it seems that the church world in, in certain segments of it seems to transition a lot. We talk about, okay, I'm in another transition or, or this feels like a, a transitionary moment or, or, you know, I'm getting ready to change jobs or change careers or change relationships or geographical locations. And it seems that as the more prophetic you are, the more that shift or change happens. Now, I want to speak to that a little bit because of what I've been shown by the Lord in my own life. And I feel like this is for several of you in particular that have really struggled seeing whether this is God or not in your life. So maybe you've struggled with finances and, and it's a big issue. It's, it's the, the area of finance in the body of Christ, in the world in general, but especially the body of Christ seems to be a major issue because you have doctrines of poverty that say that, you know, it doesn't matter what we, if we, if we have any possessions at all, store up your treasures in heaven and for there's where your heart is, where your treasure is, there's your heart. And we use scriptures like that to justify our lack thereof. So if we're lacking an area, we have poverty, we're struggling to pay the bills, and we just say, oh, well, I'm just going to store up my treasure in heaven because after all, God wants my heart to be right. So there's that scenario. And then there's the other side where we're always moving by, quote, faith, by placing a material good in the moment some material substance like money. We give money to get money. We put a certain amount or percentage on that monetary moment. Say, for example, oh, if you give a thousand bucks to my ministry, then you'll get a thousandfold return, that kind of mentality. So we take it to both sides of the pendulum without realizing that, whoa, wait a minute, maybe, just maybe, some of this could be rooted in ego both ways. And you might think, well, duh, John, you know, that's pretty obvious. But I want, I want to dig into this a little deeper by, by a snapshot of what I've seen this morning, what God showed me about the life of Joseph. And what he showed me is simply this, is Joseph unpacking his bags right after he tried to deliver himself out of prison. Remember the story? Joseph says, hey, look, I didn't do this thing. Could you please go tell Pharaoh that I am an innocent man? Paraphrasing, of course, but he tries to get out of the situation through one of Pharaoh's servants. And then all of a sudden we see where he is slated for another two years to walk something out. Parole didn't happen, in other words, the way Joseph thought it would. And the Lord showed me Joseph unpacking his bags the very next moment when he had a holy epiphany. See, ego 
is that substance inside of us that lives in the soil of an unconscious world that joins in with the narrative that says, um, you know what, I'm going to get me mine no matter what and call it God or not even call it God. I'm just going to get me mine because I'm tired of waiting or um, I'm going to make this look like I'm doing service for someone else, but really it's just serving my own needs, wants and desires. Now, ego is a funny thing and a very manipulative thing because it tries to be subtle sometimes when it needs to be for survival. And then other times it's just flat out boisterous, screaming like a little child that doesn't get its way. So when you think about your own life, there's, there's a lot of scenarios that this could come into play when you're looking at ego versus the enemy. This is, this is an enormous topic and the elephant in the room in certain circles in the church world. We would rather blame an enemy that may not even be there rather than look inward and deal with our own stuff, deal with our own patterns, our own behaviors, our own thought processes, our own ego that tries to slap a scripture or a band-aid on something when it could in fact just be us kicking and screaming, wanting our own way and our own timing and our own desires. Because after all, if God is love, why wouldn't you want me to have everything right now like some Christian circles teach? You know, you know how it is. It's like, okay, if I just put my faith out there and believe, I shall receive. And that kind of thing, okay? If, if we're putting our faith out there and believe it just enough, then I'll receive it right on time when my ego wants it. Because after all, I can get in daddy's refrigerator anytime I want, theology, and grab anything I desire when I'm hungry. Well, how many of you know, I mean, how's that working out for you? Let me ask that question. How is that theology, how is that mentality working out for you? I can tell you for myself, hasn't worked out too well. And I'm, I, you know, I'm under the belief now that things just show up when they were supposed to show up and it, and it had little to do with the faith that was mixed with ego because there's a whole lot of ego going on, baby swimming around in religious circles and in life in general that we are unconsciously aware of that's actually pulling the strings in our everyday life. I, I really, I'm, I'm coming to believe that more and more. Why? Because I see it unraveling in my own life. I see judgment about myself and others unraveling moment by moment at such an accelerated rate that it's almost like, wow, this is... This is truly an awestruck moment because not only do I want things to unravel so that I can walk this Christ-like life out in a way that's not stressful and filled with toil and, and strained where you just want to check out most of the time rather than enjoy this existence. Ever been there? So I want it for myself and I know you do as well. You wouldn't be listening to this point. <laughs> so, Joseph unpacks his bags. See, for some, when you hear, un, just, just settle down, 
unpack your bags. What does that do to you when you hear that in this moment in your life? Settle down, unpack your bags. Well, for many, that could have different meanings. Some of you might be saying, oh man, I can't settle down on this job. It sucks. Man, I can't settle down on this relationship. What are you talking about, John? I can't unpack my bags. In the, I can't unpack my in this geographical location. I can't stand it here. It's too cold or it's too hot. It rains too much or, man, the blistering humidity. Whatever the reasons your ego gives, okay, that part of you that screams out, I want candy. I want my way. Depending on where we're at in our walk, depending on where we're at in our developmental process of growth, then that's either going to make you mad when I say unpack your bags and settle down, or it's going to make you glad because you're like, finally, finally, I get to relax here and let God. So what? How does this? How does this really link with? having, uh, you know, walking our calling out and, and having those things that we really desire in life because God is, it's not like he's not wanting those things to take place in us. I'm a firm believer that, you know, our food is to do the will of the father. Now that can mean many things, not just action, but letting the inward, letting the inside of us develop in character, but also to duct tape ego in the back seat, if you will. And keep ego's mouth shut from pioneering our lives. Like it's done so well in many of us over the years. It's done a great job of trying to blaze something of frustration. Leading in numbness. Leading in defeat. Leading in in wanting to quit and give up and throw in the towel and everything else in between. Suicidal thoughts. So, Joseph unpacks his bags. I, I mean, this is... This is something that, that God has really been unveiling to me in many different ways. But just this morning, I think this has become, it's one of those things that has hit home inside of me more than ever. More than any time in my life, I think it's, it's I'm having this epiphany that's lasting. It's a long lasting epiphany, if you will. And, uh, I tell you, when God starts putting his finger on something, it's so beautiful, so wonderful, but boy, it puts something to a slow death. And when you slow roast something, or you slowly kill something, uh, it can be painful, but oh, so glorious. You ever had an injury where when it starts to mend and it starts to heal, it's in that point where it's still uncomfortable, it hurts, but it feels so good. Ever had that? Uh, sure you have. And and it's that, that healing moment, that healing point where you know you're on the mend and it's scabbing up and you want to pick that scab, if you know what I'm saying. Sorry to be so graphic, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. So... The, the unpacking the bag and settling down, I want to want to just talk about that for a little bit more and the reasons why this silence is, begins to silence ego's pull and direction and authority in our life and, and begins to ignite spirit, our spirit and the Holy Spirit around us, surrounding us to begin to draw 
things towards us that we've always desired rather than repel them because ego is still squirming. Picture this for a moment when you're unpacking your bags and settling down. And and I want to explain that a little bit more so that you're not freaking out here. (laughs) Is picture someone drowning in an ocean and they have no way... There's nothing to hold on to. There's no piece of wood. There is no lifesaver. There is no one around. Nothing to hold, no rocks, nothing to hold on to. And you can't see underneath that water and your, your feet, the, the water is murky. And you're like, okay, if something does not happen, I am done. I'm, I'm, this is it. This is it. And you're swimming around. And before you know it, your mind starts going nuts And ego kicks in and says, look, I am going to rescue myself come hell or high water because no one is coming to my rescue. So what's happening there in that moment? First of all, panic begins to settle in and take over with ego because ego has now said, screw this. No one's helping me. God's not helping me. People are, but there's no elements around to save my life. So I have to, I have to do something about this. And so it's a natural instinct, fight, flight. You're not going to freeze because you're panicking. So it's fight or flight. You can't, don't have anywhere to flee to because there's nothing to hang on to. So you're going to fight. And what do they say? When somebody's drowning and they're panicking and fighting, they can actually take down the other person that's come to rescue. In other words, both parties are affected and it's now become a dangerous situation where both could actually drown and then no one gets saved. So there's a few things happening here that are detrimental to where we live and and they'll hit home uh, depending on where you're at in your maturing process, this thing. Because it's, guys, I'm finding out that this is totally opposite of what religious development or training has trained us in the institutions called denominationalism. This is this is completely different because what does it do? It calls for a relaxing, unpacking the bags and settling down. Stop kicking, stop fighting, stop flailing your arms so that something can be drawn towards our life rather than repelled and the waves of resistance keep pushing the Savior away. Keep pushing the waves of rescue that would normally come towards you keeps pushing the salvation away from us, the, the deliverance away from us. Think about it. When you when you were a little child or, or when you the last time you think about when you were swimming and you're splashing around and you're 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 the kid in the pool that, that keeps splashing everybody. Well, what does that do to the other children? It, it either ignites something in them because they're splashing or for the calm ones, get this, for the calm ones in the pool that are just relaxing the water, you know, relaxing in the water to join themselves, it becomes an irritant, annoying in other words. It's the kid in the pool that everybody wants to throw out of the pool because it's become highly irritating. All kinds of scenarios you could put. Look, when Jonah was in the whale, You can bet that it wasn't until he began to calm 
himself and say, okay, you know what? I'm here in this moment. No one can see me but God. And even if that doesn't happen, you know, because you know how we get. Sometimes we don't feel that God is watching, even though he is. Then I'm just going to settle down here. And there's something of... Wow. There's something of the the vortex of God's goodness and his mercy that causes something to cast out the one that needs deliverance. So in other words, was it the thrashing around of Jonah in in, in the belly of the whale that caused the vomit to happen or was it the vortex of destiny and calling in the moment of settling down that caused the propulsion for the throwing up to happen where Jonah was launched out back on track into his destiny. See, when Jonah was thrown overboard, I'm going a little off track here, but it's another Holy Ghost bunny trail that will come back around to the unpack. It's still all the same thing. That's what I love about Holy Ghost trails. They're all God trails. Think about it. Jonah's thrown overboard. He says, he says, I know what this is. It's because I am out of alignment to the true nature and character of the inside. See, ego wants to keep me alive to where we all, we all suffer. And then we all eventually go down with the ship and ego says, I'm going down and I'm going to hold on, buddy, until the last breath. And I'm going to take as many people with me as, or, you know what, it may not even think that. It may just think, look, I'm going to hold on and until this sucker goes down and whoever's on board, oh well. That's what ego does. But when the moment you recognize that, wait a minute, God's got this. God has me and everything else. I live and move and have my being in Christ, whether I feel it or not whether I experience anything or not, whether I feel the emotions or not, whether I see the money show up in the bank or on my doorstep or not, I still live and move and have my being in the bigness of who he is. Look, I'm a body inside of a spirit. I'm a body on a, on a body journey, having a spiritual experience inside of a huge spirit that is connected with the spirit of God of the cosmos. The moment we settle down and unpack our bags in that reality, oh buddy, look out. You will start seeing the calmness. The storms cease. The calmness of the waters begin to flatten out. And the eye, the center of the storm, the center of the hurricane, the calmness and the peace, the becalming moment begin to take over your life. Jonah's thrown overboard and immediately the storm ceases. Now he has to go through a little bit more because of ego. All right, we understand that. And this, but this, you know, some of us, some of us need to have some stuff really nailed down. You know what I'm saying? Some of us need uh, (laughs) a moment of a reality check that keeps us grounded in the release 
of ego. Grounded in the unpacking of the bags and letting go in the eternal moment of the now so that we can understand and realize that God really is our trust and God really does have us and God really does have a plan where where we don't have to splash around to try to go around this mountain again and tr- make something happen that isn't really happening. I mean, how's it working out for us? It's not working out too well, is it? How many times do we want to go around this mountain trying to get supporters, trying to manipulate to get our money, trying to you know, jockey for position or, or look just right for that mate? Because after all, I was taught if I don't dress up and act right, that I won't, I won't get the woman or the man of my dreams. Look, when I met Amy, my life was kind of toe up. I can just tell you that. It was God's mercy and grace and divine timing because I let go and unpacked my bags in the moment. I said, I can't do this. I can't do this because I keep picking the wrong one. The wrong ones keep gravitating towards my, the wrong rescue, quote, rescuers keep coming. And it's not doing me much good here, Father. I need you to take over. And if that means single the rest of my life, I'm okay with that. Bam, I meet her the next day. See, we don't, we don't unpack our bags and settle down to get something. No, we pack our bags in the moment and let go because of trust, period, with the rest of our lives. And once we do that, then things start coming to us. The blessings, the calling, the unveiling, the revelations, the epiphanies, the, the moments that make us laugh our guts out, the, 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 the rest and the peace of the gospel starts flooding our soul and then the the outer the Matthew 6:33 is the overtaking all these things shall be added unto your life start unveiling and happening in the moments they were designed to see but it, it in order for this to happen there is no formula in this I'm just kind of painting a picture of what I've seen in my own life and what I'm starting to realize is that this this false identity of a gospel that we've been presented is a narrative that is drenched in ego. And God is just giving us revelation now, or, or we're waking up to that revelation. Not that the revelation is, hasn't always been there, but we're waking up to it in many ways where we're saying, okay, enough is enough. Um, I love the Lord and I'm going to settle in, unpack my bags in the love and the care and the trust of God to the point to where whatever happens, I'm good. I'm unpacked and I'm here to stay in this moment. Living in the current reality of the now. Living in the moment, moment by moment, breath by breath. Remember what scripture says. Our life is like a vapor here today, gone tomorrow. We're not promised next week. We're not promised the next breath. We only have this moment and this breath. And that is enough because it's eternal. And everything, every seed, every blessing, every calling, every vision, every every good thing, every good and perfect gift lives and moves and has its being in the eternal moment of this breath. When we begin to see that, then we know that everything that pertains to life and godliness is wrapped up in that one breath. It's not in where I go tomorrow. It's not in the new job. It's not in the new mate. It's not in the new, it's not in the lottery. It's not in in the calling. It's not in any of these things. My food is to be centered 
into the eternal moment of this reality of the breath, the Ruach, the breath of God right now. That's my food. That's the will of the Father. And then the doing comes out of the realization and the revelation of that right there. Now, you're saying, well, I don't like where I'm at. I can't stand it. You don't understand, John. I can't deal with this. The bills are collapsed. The bills are going to, it's ruining my credit. I, I don't, there's no money coming in. I stepped out and thought this was God. And everybody, all the prophets and the prophetic words and everything told me this was, and I felt a peace on it. And so I stepped, and everything went the opposite. Uh, yep, exactly. Exactly. Why? To show you and I something in that moment. See, it's going to show us, first of all, what we're dependent upon and, and the ego's desire to reach outward instead of going inward and realizing that everything is in that seat of the moment. See, it's a test, if you will, of who are we going to trust? Who's your daddy? Even when the bills are going to collections, you know God can turn that credit thing around in a minute. He can cause stuff to disappear on the credit report. Or better yet, supersede the credit system and bless you with something clear out of the blue that you never had to pay for, work for, sweat, sweat it up, work it up through ego's toil. It just comes and slaps you upside the head and you're like, okay. But that stuff usually happens when we unpack our bags and settle into the moment, realizing that it's not my timing. I don't determine the outcome of when my bills get paid when I'm trusting Father in the seed, in the moment. Say you're working a job, it's 12 bucks an hour or even less, eight bucks an hour, wherever you're at in the world, and it's not enough to pay anything. See, that's not really the issue, that money is not the end game. Money is not our end all. Money is not something we chase after as if it were God himself. Remember what he said? You'll either love one or hate the other. Mammon, God. Why? Why is there such a clear delineate? Why is there such a clear line drawn in the sand there? Well, it's because God understands the frustration of what it means to live in a life of ego that keeps trying to figure something out. And when you figure it out, you're like, oh, finally, I have a moment of peace and rest here. I've got some bills paid. Uh, I'm taking care of something. I get to move a little bit more towards my dream. Somebody gave me a chunk of change to go towards it. Now I can settle in a bit. Did you? But did you ever realize? You ever notice that uh, you have another moment like that, and another, and another? It keeps coming. Why? Because what's happening is there's a process called the the end of effort. That's that's. It's coming from the inside out, trying to speak to us in that moment saying, okay, I'll let you go around that mountain and continue to go around that mountain. But who is getting that money? Who is manipulating and jockeying themselves to work it out and sweat it out and toil it out in order for that scenario to happen? Well, John, it doesn't happen that way all the time. Well, of course not because God gives you glimpses of his mercy and his love to draw you back into the end of your own egoic effort. See, I'm a firm believer that the gospel money, the gospel provision is exactly what God was trying to convey to us with the coin in the fish's mouth and the, and, and the fishes and the loaves and everything appearing supernaturally because that is the monetary system of heaven. Now, 
I'm not talking about this going out and living by faith just because you think it's some formula that you want to do to test God and to prove Him in this area. Uh, and then you lay down everything, your responsibilities, and walk away from your family and, and, and go out and do a calling that you may not even be called to do. I'm not talking about that craziness. Although he, God does call some people to just walk out to the edge of risk, risk it all, and to trust him for everything that way. There are some people that are called to it. But what if you're called to be a brain surgeon? Okay? What if your what if your calling is to be a doctor or a nurse or a mechanic or or a you know, business owner of some kind? Well, this is everyday life for some people that they go to work or they have a business and they're walking this thing out called the end of effort. The end of effort is that place we come to where ego is no longer holding its bags in anticipation of the next move. Okay, that's what ego does. Ego holds its bags and its suitcases jammed full, ready for the next fight or flight to get the heck out of here because this is miserable. See, but when we've when we've dealt with this scenario in our lives and we said, Ego, you are gonna sit in the back seat. You're not gonna drive this car. The Lord is gonna drive this thing, and I'm co-creating and co-partnering with him so that we can walk it out in peace and rest and joy. And then once that happens, we begin to unpack our suitcases and we settle down in the moment. And that doesn't mean you have to stay in that nasty job that you think is nasty. It may very well be. Or that scenario that's harmful or painful to you. And and by the way, I'm not talking about abuse here in all of this situation. If you're being physically abused, then it's called one foot in front of the other. Even if you have to stay on a couch for a while, that's better than getting your brains kicked in and not being able to be here, right? In, in a condition that is healthy. So, when we enter into this Joseph scenario of unpacking our bags and settling down, this is when, this is when the overtaking of supernatural events starts to take place. Now, this can happen in a moment, or it may take a while because we're still in this process of vacillating between the two. Either way, either way, it's okay. God has you. God has me. So I just wanted to share that for a little bit this morning. There's more to this and I will add to it as we go, but I'm a little bit short of time right now. But chew on that for a little bit. Chew on that and think about it because we're trained so much to just go after stuff and go out and do the great commission and just make it happen. When I'm finding the kingdom is just the opposite. In order for accelerated things to begin to appear in our lives that we've always desired. It's just the opposite. Remember, it's an upside down kingdom. The world goes after stuff through sweat and toil and climbing that ladder. doesn't matter who they step on. Sadly, that's happening in a lot of the church. But there's this underlying beauty going on as well called surrender and letting go in the moment of realization that we are an eternal substance in the realities of the covering of God that can make anything happen at any moment, at any time. He just wants to be daddy to us. That's why he said, come to me as a little child. Now, we don't determine the outcome of when Disneyland happens. It's mom and dad that does, right? Our job is to play, relax, unpack our bags, 
settle down, and enjoy the journey in the moment. When we begin to cultivate this lifestyle, when we begin to cultivate this mindset, then things start popping. And don't be concerned with the collapsing of the egoic things that we got on time payments so much as we are excited about what God will do free and clear for us to where we know it's him and not ego. Love you all. We will chat soon.